The 2024 Indonesian election voting will begin tomorrow. Current President Yoko Widodo, in office for 10 years, is no longer eligible for another term. His son Gibran, though, is running as vice president to Prabowo Subianto, the frontrunner who previously ran against Widodo twice. Rock Forrester asked Emeritus Professor Greg Feely from the Australian National University why Indonesia's presidential election is so important. The stakes are high because the likely winner, the very likely winner, is an ex-general called Prabowo Subianto, who mm-hmm. has a record, certainly a proven record, of human rights abuses, but also uh, has had a reputation as a very authoritarian, intimidating kind of figure, not necessarily friendly towards democracy. There are three main candidates, but Prabowo is the front-runner running with Joko Widodo's son, is there likely to be a runoff election as Proboa's campaign is trying to avoid this? Yes, so at the moment it looks like Proboa might just win enough votes tomorrow to uh, secure victory in a single round. Most of the polls have him in the low 50% range, 51, 52%. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a margin of error of about 2.5%, so that even if the polls were accurate he could still lose. But the chances are that he will have a narrow victory tomorrow. His trajectory has been rising again, having flattened out uh, about a month ago. It's rising again, which suggests that people are liking the kind of campaigning that he's doing. So uh, more likely than not, he will secure a single-round victory. Um, If he loses, it will be a very narrow loss, uh, and that will mean that the runoff... um, uh, election will be held on the 26th of June. Okay. And speaking of that, like, what are the major issues with the campaign? So really, one of the key issues for Prabowo, the matter that made him by far the front runner, is his continuity agenda. He has spent the last four years cultivating Jokowi's support and praising Jokowi at every turn. Social media and technology have played a big part in this campaign. Would you say that that is an aid or is it a detriment to the uh, the democratic process in Indonesia? So we can see the influence of um, social media, um, but the depth is another matter. A lot of it has been really built around very clever imaging and particularly attempts to soften Prabowo's um, image as this, um, you know, hard man of yeah. uh, Indonesian politics. Uh, the way he dresses, the fact that he has these supposedly cute dance moves <laughs> and he's seen being very approachable, almost cuddly. These these kinds of... Um, uh, this kind of image-making has had a real impact on how people view him and it's helped to wash away some of the doubts about um, his past and what is the true nature of his personality. So I suspect that many of those younger voters who are voting for Prabowo are voting on an image rather than necessarily the substance of what he's talking about. Considering that Indonesia is the world's largest Muslim nation by population, it's in quite a unique position to be a democracy compared to some other Islamic nations and I'm wondering if you think there might be a specific unique reason that it's been able to avoid a more autocratic form of government. Well in actual fact 
truth to tell, Indonesia is less democratic now than it was a decade ago. Um, it's still a democracy, but it's not a full democracy. So oh, it's yes. experienced democratic reversal. And uh, Jokowi has been one part of that. In the last couple of years, he's actually done things that have quite significantly undermined the quality of um, democracy. He's had lots of help. There's a lot of people in the political elite uh, in the business elite, who are happy to um, to collude with um, with the president in bringing about kind of less demo- semi-democratic outcomes rather mm. than fully democratic outcomes. Now, the role of religion in that, if we go back to when Indonesia transitioned from the authoritarian Suharto regime and held its first election in 1999. A lot of progressive Muslim intellectuals were a big part of that smooth transition because they said that Islam, that democracy is compatible with Islam, that this is part of Indonesia's tradition. They supported the democratic process. Many of them positioned themselves as pluralist figures rather than as kind of more exclusive Islamist figures. So, yeah, religion is a a part of the reason for Indonesia's successful democratic transition. It's also been one of the factors that's been winding back Indonesia's democracy, not in a dramatic way, but it's been a contributing factor. Emeritus Professor Greg Feely, specialist in Indonesian politics and Islam at the ANU College of Asia and Pacific, speaking there with Rock Forrester. 